Welcome to another episode of the Caldwell 11th Ward Podcast. I'm Tom Blaisdell, your host. We are here tonight with Kyla Musso. Kyla, welcome. Thanks. Glad you're here. Thank you for being willing. Yeah, thanks for coming over. Yeah, this is this is good. We talked to Darren, and uh, you can correct anything that he... Uh, yes. He tries know. to be funny, so I might have to... Got it. Check Got this. it. No, it, it was good. It was a good conversation. But uh, okay. we want to know about you. We want to okay. know uh, what makes you tick and uh, what makes you you. So, okay. Kyla, where did you uh, grow up? Tell us about yourself and where are you from? Okay. So I wish I could just say one easy place, but I grew up, I'll call it threefold. There's Nebraska. Well, I'm going backwards. There's Washington, Idaho, and then Nebraska. So Washington was up to about grade three and then four through ten was Boise, and then two years of high school and college years were Nebraska. Mm. So all about the same amount of time, but um, I, I'd say I grew up in three places. My dad did not work for the FBI like Scott Olson's, oh, yeah. but he worked for the U.S. Department of Agriculture mm, a lot of movement. and uh, natural resource conservation in order to move up a little bit in each area and get to where he wanted to be, he needed to move, so... What was your favorite place that you lived, though? Where, where's the um, most memories that you have that you, you, you loved living? I at? think it's a really tough one. I'd say probably Boise comes in first, just because it was those years I really remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nebraska being a hard move, you know, in high school, having to move as a junior, it was hard enough that it was pivotal and hard, and then I ended up growing the most. So I love that place. Um, Where'd then, you live in Boise, though? Um, we lived over near, um, well, there's a, let's see, what's it called now? Anyway, it was between, it was like Maple Grove and McMillan, about the corner of that. So I went to McMillan Elementary, Lowell Scott Middle School, and Centennial had just opened. It's old now, but it was brand new. <laughs> it is, does look a little weathered a little, and old now, doesn't it? It's a little it? crusty now. <laughs> yep. Um, what do you remember about Nebraska when you went to high school and college there? What, um, uh... Nebraska. So as far as like members of the church support, not very much. I mean, in my class, there was maybe three of us mm-hmm. members and in the whole school, maybe 10. So there wasn't a lot of support that way, but a lot of really good people there, just awesome people. And once I gained a friend group, which took a little bit at first, but once I gained that friend group, um, we were just tight and we just had a blast together and, and people are just very good out there. They're friendly, they're religious, they want, they don't know much about our church. So I was able to share a little bit here and there, um, missionary opportunities. But for the most part, it was just, um, growing up and learning, you know, I can do this. I can leave my awesome, steady LDS friend group that I had here and go branch out and, make a difference and enjoy that friend group. And then college, going to college there also was like, um, my parents decided a a new move was happening right when I started college. So they left me for college. (laughs) They went to Portland and I was like, you know what? You made me move here. I'm a corn husker now. I love it. I'm staying. And I just stayed there by myself. And they were like, okay, she's just out there all by herself. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. (laughs) And, uh, didn't even meet Darren until about our fourth year of school so he was in the dental school i was in the regular undergrad and the campuses are far apart so we just never really never crossed well let's go back to that moment though in boy moving from boise to nebraska right um as a junior in high school i mean what was that like how difficult was that for you 
it was hard because my personality was really pretty shy up until that point. Very quiet, reserved. Um, but all of a sudden in high school, I started getting more involved in the music program, um, getting lots of friends in band, and I started just having a place. And I started, like, my true personality coming out, the humor, and I had a huge friend group. And I had friends outside of band and, you know, seminary and neighbor friends. I had lots of different friend groups, and I was kind of like, I've made it. Like, I, I don't feel afraid of anything. I can talk in classes. I can do it. And then you're pulling me from my friend group. What? And I think I told my dad, you ruined my life. <laughs> I feel so bad now. I can't believe I said that to him, but I did, I guess. So um, that was very hard. But then, you know, you look back later and similar to Scott Olson talking about his move, it was the best thing for me. It's what I needed. And I grew leaps and bounds after that too. So, so a trial but, helped you grow? What? Yes. Okay. It works. Nice. Yes, kids. It does. So when work. you got to Nebraska, I mean, what? <clears throat> how difficult is that to move into a new high school? You're the new girl. Yeah. Band geek. It sounds like yeah. I'm a fellow band geek. I know. I know. Like, what was that like? <laughs> it was like, hard dropping in there. You know, and even though I thought, oh, I'm just dropping into band, I'll start up. They'll have a summer band camp. I'll get to know kids. Um, nobody really wanted to get to know me. They, I thought first, like these guys are not friendly at all. They're horrible. Like, I need my old friends. I remember we'd write letters back then. I was always cranking out a letter when I'd get home. This place is the worst. I miss you guys. And had friends and people that I really missed. But um, I think it was, like, at a football game. So it took until fall, mid-fall, a gal came up to me, and she's like, you probably have other people to hang out with, but me and my two friends, like, come over and watch 90210. <laughs> TV show nice. after the game in my mom's basement. She makes us treats and it's like kind of lame, but if you want to come and I was like, I'm getting invited somewhere, whatever, I'll do it. And the four of us just became fast friends, like hmm. inseparable. And it was just from then on every, every Friday we had something to do. We'd cruise O street in Lincoln and just <laughs> go up and down O street and meet other teenagers and you know, they never pushed me to do things like, let's go to, let's try the drinking parties. I think once we went just to see what that was all about. And all four of us were like, let's get out of here. This is not our style. So even though they didn't have the word of wisdom and the values I had, they didn't do those things. So I never had that kind of pressure. And it was just a good, the end of high school is great because of that little friend group. So did that experience help you become who you are now in terms of being inclusive, trying to look out right. for others that are maybe on the margins. I actually like, did, yeah. I felt like as a teacher, I became a teacher for my first career, and I just look out for kids that are like that. You know, who needs a little extra? You shining stars that are in the face of the teacher. You're not the one I need to reach. I need to reach the little guy, and I've always kind of tried to reach out to people, and even working in young women's, you know, there's always the more quiet or the brand new or someone that's just moved. I've always had a heart for those so definitely was something that influenced that uh darren told us about some of the hooliganism he caused in mountain home oh yeah uh maybe you didn't have any episodes with water balloons and biker gangs <laughs> make sure you listen to darren's episode but uh i've heard these um, stories what uh what did you do for fun i mean in boise in nebraska oh, wow. you talked about cruising o street but what yeah. uh what, what were you like what, what um what did you do for so, fun? So, let's see. What did I do for fun? Growing up for fun was more hanging out with my brother 
and just kind of idolizing him and his friends. And so we'd do sports together. Um, then my little sister came along seven years later. So then I had her tag along with me, you know, with my friends. And so seven year difference. Yeah. There's a seven year difference. We know your sister. She's really nice. Yeah. You know her too. She's in our (laughs) stake. Um, so fun things. It seems like we did a lot of siblings. Like we did, we did hang out a lot together. And if we were, if I had a job like babysitting, I'd bring my little sister with me. If my brother was out cruising around with his friends, sometimes I'd jump in and, and go along with him. And so, um, we did a lot of siblings for fun. Uh, think of other fun things we did as teenagers. I was really involved, like I said, with the band. So there was always some competition. I always did the jazz band and the regular band and the marching. And so there was a marching competition or a jazz competition or something, lots of little trips um, that kept me pretty busy. I didn't really have a lot of time to no time for hooliganism. The hooliganism. I didn't. All right. Yeah, Mountain Home, I think, just. just <laughs> There's nothing to do. Paced. It's kind of like how Caldwell <laughs> was in me. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, how, did you, uh, how did you select the trumpet to be your oh, instrument gosh. of choice? It's so funny that I would pick that. I didn't. No one in my family was even in band or musical. And my dad just kept saying, you know, I had a brother that did band. You really need to do band. And I thought I was going to disappoint him if I didn't. So, okay, I'll do it. And then. The trumpet just looked kind of cool, and Lucy Jane was playing a trumpet, and so we were the two trumpet chicks together, and um, I think my first year I got like a D in band, because I was so bad and never ever practiced. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I can't do this. It's really hard. I never had piano or anything, so um, Lucy Jane was like, I'm going to keep going in middle school. You should do it. Okay, I'll do it with you, Lucy Jane, and that director really hooked me and just started you know, showing me the way, and I got better, and improved and pretty soon it was just no going back so pushed through with that but trumpet i was really quiet really shy and people were like what she's playing the loudest obnoxious <laughs> instrument that the boys are all playing but i'd always played with my brother sports and things so i was a little bit tomboy anyway at that age of my life so like yeah i'll pick a trumpet that sounds fun nice anyway and you did music in the college yeah so, so tell us about those years so when I left here, left Boise area, I had a professor at BSU that's actually just retired this year. And so he was there and he gave me, you know, the name of the guy in Lincoln. You got to go with this guy. He's at the University of Nebraska. If he'll let you in. He's amazing. And we got there and he really didn't want to let me in. But he's like, I'll, I'll take you for one lesson. And if you, sh- you know, if you show any promise, and I guess I did, he decided to keep me. And uh, so I, I kept with that because... You know, he taught me a ton and I got really good by the time high school ended. And he's like, we're going to offer you a little scholarship. And so that was part of why it was like, see you, mom and dad. I'm staying here and doing this, sticking around. I really liked him. And And you liked Lincoln. And I liked Lincoln. And I had friends there. And and, uh, yeah, this guy was like a grandfatherly figure. He was an older guy and just amazing teacher. So I just felt like that was the right thing. And I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to teach music and maybe become a band director or music. I went for uh, K through 12 vocal instrumental, the whole thing and learned all the instruments. I can play them all at like a sixth grade level D D grade wow. level player. Tuba to trombone, saxophone, but I sound like a sixth grader. Okay. Well, <laughs> but it's hey. something I do love it. So I could teach, I could get you started. 
We'll say that. Did you ever, I mean, confession here, did you ever make like a symphonic orchestra number of your own? I didn't. I'm not great no. at writing okay. music. I wish I was. Right. I, you know, I just never got time to compose, but I admire that a lot. I think that's cool. So. All right. So, uh, you met Darren eventually. I mean, there was a, yeah. one of the reasons maybe you stayed out of the Lincoln. Yeah. What happened there? Um, so we finally met a young single adult activities, which, you know, would comprise of like eight to 10 people <laughs> usually. And I think he kind of gave up on it after a while. I was like, Oh, those activities, I don't know. And I was going to him. And then, then finally I was like, these are kind of lame. I'm not going anymore. And then he started going. So we just didn't cross paths until four years in. And, and that's where we met, just going to some of those volleyball and dances and things like that. And so, um, found out he was from the Idaho area too. And I was like, he's probably a good kid. And I er, really quickly, early on, I noticed he was very respectful of his parents and loved them and, and would talk about them and his grandparents. And I was like, yeah, if he can, you know, if he can talk that way about his family, he's good. He's a good one. I'm going to keep him. So that impressed me early on. Where did you guys, uh, where were you sealed? Um, Salt Lake, mm -hmm. which is kind of a random place. My parents were in Portland in the process of moving to Phoenix. So they were kind of all well, over the place. Well, they were still place. moving then all over the And they were oh, still in the process of moving, yeah. Okay. And I think Salt Lake stayed open the longest and our semester didn't end until like December 18th. And so we picked Salt Lake because it was staying open quite late, like till the 21st or something. Well, the 21st was our wedding, so <laughs> I think that was it. And then it was nice. closed, so... Anyway, something like that with the timing of the temple. So we picked, and we have some family in Salt Lake, and it wouldn't be too far for Idaho family. So anyway. Were there thoughts we, of uh, staying out in Nebraska, practicing there? Or uh, for you, me, no, for I, was, you, you I liked want to stay. it. I liked the people, and I really, the, the church was so small there, but so tight-knit family feel that I just was just dreading leaving them. So I was like, do you ever want to consider this? And he was like real... Real fast to say no thanks. I, I got to get back to Idaho. I got to have recreation and outdoor activities, things that the mountains have to be included. And sadly, none of that's in Nebraska. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's quickly made our decision. But you've raised your kids here. Uh, yeah. you, you, you still yeah. need to go out to Nebraska for anything? You're going to get a, um, a summer home out there? No, no I don't no. think so. We've been back a couple times for like friends' weddings. We'd like to get back to a game. All those years of playing in the marching band, and I didn't even understand football until I married Darren more. And I'm like, I just was like there having fun. I didn't even know. It's clueless. So you were in the marching so, band for the University of Nebraska. Yeah. That is cool. Yep. We went to um, the Orange Bowl all four years I was there. We won two years as national champions. Yeah, the, the, the 80s and yeah. 90s for Nebraska yeah. football was excellent. It's good years. And, then and you didn't even care. Awesome. You were just there playing your like, trophy. Oh, this is fun. Oh, and a what? free trip to Florida. They're going to give us $100 oh to spend on food. It was like, oh gosh. Tommy Frazier was the quarterback. I yeah. mean, oh my gosh. So many good players. Yep. Wow. And the good coach, you know, Tom Osborne. Now, not so great, but well, it was good memories, good times. So if they ever get better, nice. we would love to go back and go to some games. <laughs> yes. Um, what are, uh, what are some of the callings you've had over the years that, uh, some that oh, you callings. enjoyed, didn't enjoy serving I, while serving? Honestly, I've church. never had one. I didn't, I've had good ones and I love working with the youth, the young women's, um, I served a lot and then primary, but then I got into relief society and didn't know if I'd love being in there. And I realized 
they're just little. They're just bigger children of God still. They're still just, we're all learning. Like, I think all of us have things to learn. And so these Relief Society sisters, even though they could be a little more challenging than like a young woman would be, surprisingly, um, they're just learning and trying to figure figure out life. And so I enjoyed that. My hardest calling was my very first when we got married was primary pianist. I never had piano and I had to pass piano proficiency to, in college. So they're like, let's, let's have Kyla, she knows piano. And I was like, actually, I have zero. I'm, I would go in and practice during, between classes. I'd run upstairs to the piano rooms with my little lunch or snacks and I'd sit and practice the stuff they were making us do and I was horrible. But that primary calling actually, I don't know if I was just blessed for doing it because it was so hard but I'd sit and practice the primary songs. You know, they're not as easy as you think when you don't have a lot of skills. And uh, once I got better at those, I actually started seeing piano improve in my classes and I passed that piano proficiency. But that was a hard one, but I, I got through that one. Hmm. I hope they don't ask again ever. Not good enough. <laughs> All right, so memo to any bishop going forward. No, no primary uh, pianist uh, callings no. for Kyla. I'll conduct it. I love the singing, the music leader. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, you're uh, you're with primary right now as yep. the primary president of the ward. Um, right. What does that mean to you? Um, you know what? It's it's the best. It really is the best. The current calling that you're in, if you really put your heart into it, is going to be the best. But those children are amazing and they just, they teach us. We always say that, but it's true. They do teach us. And, um, there's just a sweetness about them that they put their heart into what they're doing when they're singing and, and they're teaching you and you ask questions or they want to volunteer for things. It's because they really, they really want to be there. So it's fun to be around that. It's fun yeah. to be around the positivity. Um, what, uh, what familial relationships have had the most influence on your life? Oh, gosh. Um, so I have a small family, really, just a brother and a sister. And I feel like, honestly, my parents never put competitiveness in the family. Like, they weren't trying to have us compete against each other and create an atmosphere at home where it was negative. They were always positive. And my brother, you know, he and I had the sports and things we did together for fun and then my little sister I kind of mothered her and so there was never a feeling of you know anxiety about who's going to get something I didn't get or what what am I going to do that they're not going to notice or we were noticed we were cared for and so I was lucky that way and I feel like if I had to like pick I saw that question I thought gosh every single family member has a special place for me and especially my parents I think they both are awesome examples of service and love and um I couldn't even I don't I'm trying to think of a a relationship that really would stand out but I think they all they all do I can't, can't you sound really them. close to all your yeah. all your family all close yeah hmm. I always wonder if there'd been a bunch more siblings would there have been more angst and fighting maybe I don't know maybe that three was a magical number but maybe just personalities. I mean, I'm the middle child and maybe I just have a good attitude. I'm the best. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, we, we had a lot of just fun times just around the home. Yeah. We didn't take a lot of big trips or anything extravagant, hardly any trips really, but just being together. I think we, we got along. My parents really enforced the one thing they were good at is just being steadfast in what was told to do. If they were told to do family home evening, they did it. 
religiously. It was like every Monday we're doing, actually, my dad traveled a lot. So Sundays we would do family home evening, but it was every Sunday. And uh, if they said do food storage, they packed up the food storage. If they told us, we so they were always very valiant about following those church leaders. And I think with that, it created family bonds with it. You know, the family home evening especially, I think was important. Kind of regret that now we have less push for that because we don't do it as much <laughs> with our own children. But back in those days, they really did hmm. bring that up a lot. It's very important. It sounds like these familial relationships have helped nurture um, your belief in God. Besides right. those relationships, how what else nurtured your testimony uh, of yeah. God? Um, I was thinking about that, and I feel like back when I was in my early teen years, there was a lot of firesides. I remember like five or six a year at least where we'd go to some fam, uh, some home in the ward and there was always root beer floats at the end. It was always the, the way that they got us there was treats. But it was those intimate settings. I had several experiences where I just felt like church is true. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing truth here in this like, you know, ward family feeling. And I think those are neat moments. I think we need more of those because um, like I remember one in particular they kept talking about getting a testimony. If you don't already have a testimony, go home and pray about this. And I just felt like, oh, that just feels kind of wrong because I've kind of known my whole life the church is true. I don't have a pivotal moment that taught me this. I've just always known it. And if I ask, it's going to be like going against what, I mean, I've, I've always known. He's going to, Heavenly Father's going to go, kid, you've always known this. Why are you asking me now? Um, but it just kept eating at me after that fireside. I got to ask like actually do a, a moment. So I like planned it and I just felt like this, this is so strange to stop what I'm doing and just have a strong, quiet moment of prayer. But I remember that night, um, it was late, it was dark. I slept in the, the one room in the basement and it was all pitch dark and I just got down on my knees and just prayed and I didn't want to stop praying. And I remember thinking like, I don't want to leave this moment. This is a good moment. And I would just get ready to end the prayer, and I think, oh, I just want to sit here. This is—he's listening to me. He feels—he feels love for me, and I just felt it, and I just could not deny that the church is true, and that Heavenly Father's listening to our prayers in that moment. I looked up. I got up and looked at the little digital clock sitting there, and I was like, "What? I've been on my knees for 20 minutes, and for a teenager, that's like 30-second prayer. Go to sleep. Right. Maybe lay down and say the prayer and go to sleep." Um, on a typical night, that was big for me. So that was kind of, I guess, the start of my testimony. Mm. I don't even remember what our question was, but that that moment I do remember. And it came after a fireside where they just kept encouraging us. If you're not sure if you have a testimony, ask God if you have a testimony. Ask him to tell you that these things are true. And hopefully other kids did the same. I don't know. But for me, that was a big, a big moment. So... Has being a mother helped influence your belief in God? How has that affected it? Yeah, I think definitely because at that point, your thoughts are, how am I going to get this little person to live a righteous life and stay close to God? Because it's making me happy. It's bringing me joy. Are they going to continue on this path and have joy? Or are they going to go completely somewhere else? And so working towards that, I think, has built my testimony. I think I've tried to raise my kids and teach them things from a very young age. I remember Riley would say, mom, let's have important talks. 
and it meant like something about the church. I don't know what it would be, but I'd tell her something and she'd, she'd realize I was telling something spiritual. She didn't really understand, but here's this little five-year-old, mom, let's have another important talk. And so I just knew those moments were getting to her and that, that's, that's the part that being a parent, those are the paybacks, the paychecks, those moments where you feel like you're reaching kids and, and uh, anyways, sometimes you don't know if you're doing any good, but you still keep, still keep trying and teaching them those things and asking them to stay on that righteous path. Because there may be a moment like that fireside where all of a sudden yeah. for one kid, yeah. it clicks. And I think about all the times my parents taught me all these things, but I needed to find it for myself and someone else gave that also. So hmm. led me that direction. Tell us about Colden. What uh, what does that mean oh. to you that he's been serving the Lord uh, in Chile? And uh, yeah, what does that mean to you? It means a lot. He's he's really built my testimony more, even more. Watching him grow up and watching him gain more of a strong testimony through his mission, um, it does bless your family. It's amazing that people used to say that, and I think, how does it? How like what does it do? But actual blessings have come to my extended family as well. Like. Um, blessings of safety, blessings of healing, different things have happened that I just feel like kind of correlate with him. Uh, we've had family members come back into the gospel during this time and things like that that I've noticed. Me personally, ha- I've just felt like I miss him dearly, like it's been hard, but I feel like it's worth it. It's all definitely worth it because he's he's teaching us and He's the same person. He hasn't he hasn't gotten too serious. He's he's pretty silly, but at the same time he'll in between silly jokes and showing us some dance that a Latino just showed him, then he'll start start telling us this spiritual story and it's like, wow, he's just he's got some amazing future ahead of him. Um you mentioned some of the blessings that have come to your life in the last few years as Colden has been serving. Um, you've mentioned before about the miracle of the conversion that your brother had. Would you mind telling us about that? So, um, my brother has, you know, early on, he, he, his marriage didn't last very long and he spent a lot of years single after that. And then he, he remarried and we just kept hoping we kept trying to feed, you know, him, you know, little bits and pieces of, hey, the gospel would really bless you and your wife. And, you know, is she searching? Could we share things? We'd share little things with her, but um, it kind of felt like he was the one dragging his feet. She might have been more willing to hear about the gospel, but he was a little bit um, hesitant. And then during Colden's mission, he'd send home letters and we'd send them pictures and letters and everything. And missionaries were coming by one time and she said, we should get missionaries like that, like Colden. We should have those missionaries. Why aren't we having missionaries over here? Now, to go back, and your brother, he fell away from the church during his during divorce. During the divorce, yeah. Okay. Mostly it, after that, just feeling like... It broke his soul. Yeah, it's hard to be at church when you're not yeah. with your family. He just wanted okay. family there. Sorry to interrupt. And yeah, keep, no, no, keep, yeah, yeah. keep going. And so that was, yeah, it wasn't until that point in life that he kind of just quit coming. And hmm. so, um, yeah, she... She said that, so he's like, well, if you really want, I mean, we could ask some. So they, they found their local bishop, and they said, is there some missionaries that would come over? My wife's kind of interested, and um, that alone was a huge miracle to us. Well, then nothing really seemed to be going on, and so we asked, and my brother said, well, 
these missionaries that came, they weren't really like Colden. I mean, they, uh, they just didn't really... I was like, come on, you can't, you can't judge these missionaries. They're all set apart to do this work. You just got to... He's like, well, we're kind of waiting because, you know, maybe another set will come. And I thought, oh, this is... It's not going well. And so this next set came and I said, okay, are you guys taking the lessons? And they said, yeah, this... This missionary from, uh, I think he was from Colorado, he is so neat and he reminds us of Colden. So we just want him to come over. And uh, he's got fun personality. He's funny, but he's also super spiritual. And, and they were just on fire with him. And so before you know it, his wife wanted to be baptized. And that missionary said to my brother, you need to do the baptism. What do we need to do to get you in a place where you can be, you can feel ready to do that? And so he went and talked to his bishop and after a few months was ready to do that baptism. And we went and saw it. And um, afterwards that missionary said, it's awesome to have a baptism on your mission. Like you don't get a lot, but it's awesome to have one. But I'll tell you what, it's better to see your brother come back into the fold after he served a mission and he knew the gospel was true, but he lost that. And he just fell so far from the spirit. And it was so neat to see him come back. He's like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy for your sister-in-law, but for your brother, that's a cool part. So that was neat. And I, I really think, um, you know, in the future they would go to Costco and they'd see the missionaries and they'd say, Hey, what do you guys need? And they'd throw a bunch of big snacks, which aren't cheap at Costco. They throw a bunch of big snacks in their cart and buy random missionaries snacks. And I just think there's like a tender spot in their heart for missionaries now, all missionaries. And also, you know, they're going to church and who knows where that will go so where, where do they live they're in salt lake in salt lake yeah um what is that yeah, meant that's... to see to you personally to see the atonement and the forgiveness not only of god in his life but maybe for you personally to to see a change and that this really can work that someone can change yeah. and receive God's forgiveness. Yeah, it's just like you said, it's 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 amazing to see it. You can see it firsthand and you can feel that there's more happiness there. There's there's you can see their joy. You you, you can see it in the things that they say, you know, we're, you know, we enjoy being part of our ward. She's now on the activities committee and we're active and we're, you know, it's working. It wasn't just um to do it for Colden, it was to do it for themselves and that change of heart in themselves, you could see it. So, Colden was helping in a conversion, he wasn't yeah. even on the same continent with, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't even there. And then, I there's another situation where, um, completely new story, so I'll make it super short, but another situation where my mom had a fall and hit her head pretty hard. And that that day, when, when, we, when we got to talk to him on P Day, he said that night. I was praying and I had this thought of like, you know, I always pray for everybody, but specifically my grandparents to be safe and not to have any kind of accidents. And she just had a pretty bad accident. So I don't know if through that there's just any kind of special blessing, but she was not hurt in a bad way. She could have been much, much worse. So um, she was able to step out of the hospital a couple of days later, which is amazing. So there's definitely blessings through through his love and his prayers and and through all of us we can do that but it just feels like something about that missionary strength them serving God and putting like everything they have into the service of others 
they're kind of on a different plane than the average person and they've actually been called of God to do those things so have you seen any influence in Carson's life let's not forget about Carson you got one oh, more yeah, kid I got, I got one you more know. home sorry Carson all right <laughs> um for Carson yeah I think he really he looks up to his brother and I think he always has but you know you don't tell him that when they're when they're living with you but he misses him and he'll admit that he misses him and that he's just super excited to see him again they're they they'll have little special moments on Monday mornings before school Carson had an early 7:30 class and Colton would call him at like 7 as he's chomping his cereal and driving to school and he's talking to him about just everything and um, I think that really helped helped Carson to feel like you know he was looking out for him taking the special time out for him too and I think it's helping Carson desire to do the same thing I think it really is maybe you can see some parallels in their lives that you saw with your siblings growing yeah, up I think so just tight bonds forming yeah and... I think that is forming I think it will be good and I think that influence I don't think Colden puts pressure on people I think he just has this example and you just want to be like that you just want to do the same and it's um yeah I see that a lot of more more maturity in Carson has come out this year and I feel like is that a little bit part of Colden's influence or just um I think so well thanks for sharing those stories with yeah. us uh, appreciate you um, opening up and and being pers- uh, personal with with uh with the podcast here mm-hmm. um one more final question. I ask okay. it to everybody. So uh, if there was a message that you could send 100 years into the future oh. for your posterity to hear, oh. what would that one message be? Wow. I feel like I've been so serious. I, I want to say something funny, but I can't. <laughs> um, no, I, I think for my posterity, I just would say just be steadfast and, and don't veer far away because... The iron rod is there. We have it. Heavenly Father has a way for us to return to him, and he's placed it there right in front of us. And you can walk away a little bit and be like, this is kind of fun over here, and I can see the iron rod just a little bit away. I can run over there any second. That's one way of doing it, and I think that's not the easy way. The easy way is just to stay steadfast and just stick with it, and then you don't have to fight your way back to find the iron rod. It's just right there in your reach. Um, stay close to it and you know just um, do those little things that will keep you close it's easy to step away and stop doing the little things that definitely add up but um, anything else I tell my posterity have a sense of humor maybe have a little sense of humor about (laughs) it Darren definitely keeps that in our marriage and you know, I learned that from a young age from both my dad and my older brother were just silly and crazy and it kind of helped me. I have a kind of a weird sense of humor, but um, I'm kind of quiet, but I definitely find the humor in life and I don't take things too serious. So Nice. Well, Kyla, it was great talking to you tonight. Thank you for uh, sharing a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast so you can catch any new episodes that we post. Thanks, Kyla. You're welcome.